This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Fist bump. How's everyone doing? Hey, let's talk about measuring content performance culture. Now, the thing is, I'm assuming you're doing all the right things on the content strategy side and the content creation side. So if you don't have a good strategy in place, if you're not creating valuable content, if you're not updating existing content that's already performing well or it's not performing well and could perform better, or you're doing any of those things, or you're distributing it, right? You're promoting it correctly. None of this matters. That's where this starts. But we're not going to focus on that topic today. Today, we focus on how do we measure content performance and what's the right time frame? So what I've noticed over the years is people want results right now. I do too. I'll go to the gym one time and now I'm buff. It doesn't work that way, right? It's just not how it's going to work. So think about what is the right time frame to look at to see if your content is actually working. So um, what I recommend is to look at a rolling 30-day time period. And here's why. This is not financial reporting. Finance people can report month to month, right? But if you're creating content continuously, is an on, it's an ongoing project continuously. And the difference between dollars and content is that the dollar earned on day one of the month has the same value as the dollar earned on day 30 of the month or 31 or 28, whatever. That is not the case when it comes to content. When I publish something on day one of a month, that that content has 30 days to rank. It has 30 days to perform. It has 30 days to be shared, whatever it might be. But if I'm only looking, if I'm looking at the day 30 content, it has no time to perform. And this is especially the case when some people only look at newly published content. So they say, well, what has published last last month? We published this content, we published that content, here's how it performed. Doesn't work that way, right? Because the article I published later doesn't have the chance to perform. Also, only looking at new content performance is totally silly, quite frankly. And here's the reason why, because, you know, new content publishes, but it might not perform right away. And older content might perform really well. In fact, I had have, have had plenty of projects where older content is in the top five all the time of high-performing content. So just keep that in mind as you're looking at that. And then when you catch those trends, of course, go back and update those old articles. Do they Could they use a better CTA, call to action? We just talked about acronyms uh, in yesterday's episode, episode 440. Now we're here, episode 441, talking about 
the time frame of measuring content performance. Now, what I do, what I would recommend is look at 30 days rolling so you can always see a picture of what is working in the last 30 days. For SEO, I would probably go three months, honestly, maybe a little bit longer. Whatever you pick, don't just make it a month. Don't just make it a couple of days. Don't just make it something rolling. And the other reason why I love rolling as part of the content performance culture, quite frankly, is that it gives you the perception that it's an ongoing project, which it is. But when you run an ad campaign, it's even in the name, it's a campaign. It starts, it ends, right? That's it. You stop spending money, it's done. Content campaigns don't work that way. They have to continuously be built upon each other, especially for SEO. Even when it comes to email, you create more content. Is there a way to use it in email? Why wouldn't you? Good question. Exactly. You should. So at the end of the day, think about how do you set the right tone? How do you set the right expectation? And having that 30-day cycle is really helpful. Now, you know, you can go up and down, right? You might have a good 30 days or a bad 30 days or you have a home run that's going to carry you for 30 days. And that's good because it actually lowers the stress just a little bit. Content creation, content strategy, take a tremendous amount of time. And I think people sometimes forget about that. It doesn't just take moments like you watching the show in, you know, nine minute show, maybe something like that, you know, 10 minutes. It takes longer than 10 minutes to create this content, right? Even though I'm pretty efficient creating podcasts and, and videos and whatnot. So keep that in mind. What is the culture you're trying to um, create? What are the expectations you're trying to create? And the only way, in my opinion, to get content to work is to make it an ongoing uh, strategy. And that's one way to do it. Now, the other thing, if for some reason you want to look at new content, don't necessarily measure it against everything, right? So if you're doing, let's say, 30 days rolling, or maybe you do three months rolling, probably a little too long in my mind, honestly, for, for overall. But for, S, for SEO, I think three months is pretty good, like looking at keywords and those kind of things. But let's say you publish a new article three weeks ago. How is that article performing when it comes to the, the context that it's actually being published in? And if you look at 30 days only, sometimes you miss things. So one thing I would recommend, if you're really trying to see how a specific piece of content is working, run the numbers in Google Analytics from the day it was published and see how it fits within the context. So it only has had time to compete since it was published, obviously, and see how it's performing in that time period. Is it in the top 10, in the top 20, in the top 50? And over time, you can see what content takes off quicker when you do that. Now, it's a little bit of a manual process the way I just described it. So I wouldn't, you know, if you create a lot of content, maybe it's not worth doing all the time for every new piece of content. But, you know, you can set that up uh, in in Google Data Studio, uh, you know, Data Studio uh, as well, you know, just run it by publish since whenever and then or, um, you know, something like that. Talk to your digital analyst. I'm not going to pretend I'm a Google Data Studio um, 
expert here, but I'm sure there's a way to set that up. But that's how I would look at it. Give your content a chance. And the way to do it, of course, is you create good content to begin with, but then you have to figure out how do you measure it? How do you look at it? What's the context? And here's the other thing. You're not going to get millions of views, period, especially in B2B, right? So take it within context, look at the upward trend, and, you know, keep plugging away. It's it's going to be a cliche right here, but it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So keep it real, guys. Keep publishing valuable content. See what works. See what doesn't work. Do more of what works. Update the stuff that's already working and update the stuff that's not working. And, you know, look at the numbers in a way that makes sense um, without driving yourself crazy. So I'm Christoph Trapp. Thanks for watching. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.